like that I forget my enjoyment of the game. And what happens with this is when you, when you get that way, you know, we can like football and the action, but if we get so focused on our team, then somebody else that comes along and they're a fan of a different team, well, instantly, we're against them. Oh, you're a Dallas fan. Oh, you're a New York fan. Oh, you're a whatever fan. And we have a barrier that comes up. Even though we share a common thing, we all like football. And we could talk about football. We could talk about some of those things. And, and we miss all that because, uh, no, no, they're not a... They're not a Philadelphia fan or they're not a whoever fan. We've got we to gotta make sure we don't do that in the body of Christ. Now, there's some things that are worth being divided over. And there's, those things are the basics of, of uh, salvation. If you don't believe that Jesus Christ is uh, part of the Trinity, that He is God, that He became man, and that He died on the cross for your sins, well, that's, that's the reason to part. That's the reason to part company. We've uh, got some churches in the area. I'm shocked at this. I talked about it. I mean, not in a while, but um, before when we were trying to get churches to, you know, do some things and act around, my wife was calling around to our churches and <laughs> still, I know what church it was, but I was still surprised at their response. They, uh, do you worship Jesus Christ? Oh, yeah, uh, along with others. Uh, what others? <laughs> and they started naming all the other gods. I mean, I, we'd call them idols and, and, and um, unbelievable the stuff that they listed in there. And my wife's comment was, all at the same time? <laughs> and they, they said, well, yeah, sometimes. <laughs> uh, how, do, how do you do that? I, I don't know. Now, see, we will part company on there. We're, we're not in the same league. As, it's kind of like what Paul says to the Galatians. Uh, you have left the gospel for one that is not of the same kind. It's not of the, the same type. And, uh, but as long as they're worshiping God of the same type, you know, that's... That's good. I've related to you before. My best friend in college was a Lutheran. And we were very different sides on things, but we had some great Bible discussions. And he loved the Word of God, and, and I loved the Word of God, and he loved God, and I loved God. And even though we weren't quite in agreement on all the different aspects of the doctrine, we still had some great conversations, and we didn't write each other off just because of that. So just be careful. Don't, don't become a proponent of your team if you... You know, if you're a football fan or don't become a proponent of a certain doctrine, we are here to be partakers of the, of the apostle, Jesus Christ, of what he's there to promote. And sometimes we just got to get back and say, God, is this something that you want to promote? Is this something that you want us to get him behind? Is this something that we should be defending? And hear from him. He is the author and finisher of our faith. He is the apostle and the high priest of our faith he is Jesus but remember we are partakers of him he is not partakers of us we are partakers of him of that heavenly calling he got the heavenly calling and made us partakers of that heavenly calling so don't lose sight of that therefore holy brethren partakers of the heavenly calling consider the apostle the high priest of our confession Christ Jesus who was faithful to him who appointed him, as Moses also was faithful in all his house. Now, we're bringing Moses in on here. Moses, of course, for the Hebrews, he was uh, kind of like the, the star. He was the, he was the main guy in, in this. this is, he's the guy who brought the law. He's the guy who brought them out of Egypt. There's so much that's tied in with, with Moses. But he was faithful to him who appointed him. So, Jesus was faithful to God 
who had appointed him, as Moses, Moses was also faithful in all his house. So Jesus was faithful to God as Moses was faithful in all his, meaning God's, house. So Jesus, as we put in the outline there, Jesus was faithful to him, not just faithful to his commands, but faithful to the cause or faith. Faithful to the cause or the, or the faith. All through the New Testament, even you can probably go back to the Old Testament, we're focusing on the New Testament here in this one. All through the New Testament, the book of Acts, the Gospels, even the epistles, you'll see Paul refer to it. Constantly we see people who left the Gospel and became an apostle of a certain cause. They became an apostle of the law. And everything had to be about the law. They became an apostle of circumcision. They became an apostle of certain things and were so focused on that doctrine, on that thing, that everything came through it. And they took a man like Timothy and had a, a poor view of him because of some things along with their doctrine. And yet Timothy probably outshone all of them or, or Titus. Uh, different things with their, with, uh, with their either physical or birth or whatever it might be. They just uh, they saw some reasons not to accept them bypassing the fact that God had anointed them and God was using them. We've got to make sure that if we recognize that the anointing of God is on someone's life, that means God has put his stamp of approval. And even though I may not approve of all the gospel that they preach or all the things that they do, uh, God has put his stamp of approval on them. How many of y'all know we can tell when the Spirit of God is on someone and when the Spirit of God is not? You, know, you can just walk up to somebody and uh, just can tell. And the gospel is all over that person. Uh, you see a smile, you can say, that's not a normal smile. That's a gospel smile. That's a God smile. <laughs> I did that with somebody and uh, I was running. I like to run in this. Uh, every time it seems like I run, I go by this, this one street and there's this one house and there's this guy who every once in a while, he was sitting out there on this um, porch. And so I just went up to him. I kept seeing him. Every time I'd see him cutting his lawn or walking around or sitting on the porch, he was smiling. Every single time he was smiling. So I finally got tired of seeing this smile. And so I... <laughs> <laughs> I stopped. I was running on by. You know, I waved to him a few times. And I was running on by. And I said, I keep waving at you and I keep seeing this big smile on you. And I said, that's a God smile. I just know it. <laughs> just said that to him because I could tell it was. And I went over and shook his hand. And I said, I gave him my name. He gave me his name. And uh, from now on out, every time we came on by and we saw each other, you know, we'd, we'd do stuff. I see him walking around. I see him uh, walking around doing stuff and, and we would have conversations and I found out what he did for a living. I found out he's got a house down in Cape May and, and uh, uh, he was out just where I was running by this, uh, this week and came running on by and he was out walking with his wife. Now I know he walks, he walks twice a day. I only, I only see him a handful of times during the week and I know more about him. <laughs> he walks twice a day and he's out this time with his wife and so I walked running on by, past him. He goes, hey, you got both of you out there today. That's the first time I've ever seen his wife out there walking with him. Now, his wife hasn't quite had the smile that he does. He's got the smile. I don't know. He's just got Jesus all over him. And I asked him, you know, where did you go to church at? And he told me where he went to church at. Because <laughs> you can just tell. This is, uh, there's the gospel. I don't know. that I didn't know, you know, does he believe all the things that I believe? I don't know about that. I still don't even know about that. We haven't talked about all the doctrine stuff. But I just know he loves Jesus. He knows I love Jesus. And uh, we just had fun with, with that part. But you can just tell, man, I'll tell you what, that's a gospel smile that's on that person. Sometimes I've just seen people, you're in, you're in a restaurant and you get to see somebody, man, they're, they're a believer. They're a believer. I've sometimes I just walked up to people and just talked to them like they were a believer because I could sense they were a believer. And their face just lit up and, and then we just have a good old conversation. There's a, there's a gospel that we're here to do. 
and we don't have to mess with all the, all the ins and outs of the doctrine. How many of y'all know we don't have our doctrine right? As much as I've studied it, as much as I've gone after it, I still know there's some doctrine I'm going to get straightened out on. God's going to say, you know, you believe that? It's wrong. <laughs> It'll straighten me out. Sometimes I'm studying the Word of God and He brings me over to a spot and He says, uh, this is what it really is. Oh, I've been teaching that wrong all this time. Oh, I didn't realize that this was... And, you know, if He straightens me out on something, well, I'd just rather just fess up to it than try and cover it up. And he's, well, I taught that wrong. If you were in the end times class, you know, one of the last ones I did that was uh, teaching part of Daniel. I said, well, I taught that wrong. I saw this one as this way, and, and now I see it as, as completely different. And, um, well, thank God. <laughs> I've, I was sincere. I was just sincerely wrong about it before. <laughs> but we're here to promote the gospel of Jesus Christ. Never forget that. You are an ambassador of Jesus Christ. You are all, people that are out there. They are on the on the side of Jesus Christ. The, the disciples came up to Jesus one time and they said to him, he says, we saw some people casting out demons in your name, but we rebuked them. He said, don't rebuke them. Don't rebuke them. If they're, if they're not against us, they're for us. Sometimes we go the other way around. If they're not for us, they're against us. You guys got to be careful. Don't, don't rule out your brothers and sisters just because they believe a little bit different than you. You know, some people, they worship God with three hymns, singing verses 1, 2, and 4. And we can write them off that, well, that's just a weaker way of going about things. No, no sir, we, uh, we don't do that. <laughs> don't write people off. Uh, just because they, they, they worship a little bit different, they, they speak a little bit different, uh, it's okay. You can tell on the inside they got the Spirit of God. You can tell that. Your spirit bears witness with the spirit that's in them. And when you, when you sense that, you got fellowship. Enjoy the fellowship. Might be some areas that you, you can't, quite, um, can't quite connect with. But that's all right. Just keep on pressing on. He who is faithful to him who appointed him as Moses was also faithful in all his house. There's a faithfulness that, that is there. Now Moses, it says, was faithful in all his house. It, it's, it's God's house. He was faithful in, in God's house. Well, there were some things we know that Moses didn't quite do. They were faithful. You know, he first got started with God over there at the uh, burning bush. That's not when he first got started, but that's when he started on the deliverance part. Uh, that didn't go so well. He wasn't too excited about doing what God said to do. But he eventually got to the place where he, he was, and he went on out there, and, and he did it. And he got discouraged when the first miracle didn't have the results that he wanted it to have. Got a little discouraged on that. But it's all right. He got picked up from there, and he went on. And we saw that later on, you know, he had the problem with the, with the rock. And he didn't uh, quite do it quite right. That wasn't faithful. But I'll tell you what, if, if I can get through 40 years of ministry with two to four million people that are grumbling and complaining, and you can count all the times I missed it on one hand, glory be to God. <laughs> Hallelujah. But uh, God still looked at him and called him faithful. As Moses also was faithful in all his house. Not just faithful to the commands, he was faithful to the cause and the faith. Sometimes we lose sight of this. We've got to stay faithful to the, to the cause, to the things that, that Jesus Christ is the apostle of. Not just the com- It's good to be faithful to the commands. Be faithful to the commands. But don't lose sight of being faithful to the commands that we lose sight of the overall picture. The Pharisees were a good picture of this. 
they became faithful to certain commands and then they made other commands to help him become faithful to those commands and made more commands to help him become faithful to those. And so, you know, a uh, hundred laws turned into 600, turned into a thousand and it became so complicated that people couldn't understand it. But see, they lost, lost sight there. We don't want to lose sight of that. Be faithful to the cause. <clears throat> now, in contrast, Satan was appointed and was not faithful to him. Satan was appointed to a place, to a post, but Satan was not faithful to him. He became lost in his own desires. He said, I will ascend above. I will take my throne and put it above the, the Most High. He, five things he said I will do. Five things he was going to, to do against the will of God. But he was appointed, and when he was appointed, he was, he was perfect. The Word of God called him perfect in all his ways. But then he became corrupted. Don't think that you, you can't become corrupted. If Satan, seeing God in all his glory, Lucifer, of course, he was then, but if he saw God in all his glory and had all that knowledge and all that understanding and he fell, just understand, you can fall and you can get off from, a, from the overall cause and get lost by commands or get lost by a, uh, your own passions. Sometimes our own passions can become so real on a thing that we take on that cause as if it was God's passion. We've got to be careful of that. Sometimes, you know, it's, uh, it, can, it can be a bad thing. I can, I can say, well, I've studied end times for a long time and I know it's a, a pre-tribulation rapture. And I can know that. But if I take somebody who's a post-trib, and of course, I told you before, I used to teach that. found out I was wrong. But I used to teach that. But if I take somebody who's a post-trib and just say, well, you're no good and you're not of God and all these kind of things, that's not, necess- that's not right. That's not the, the way to go. Whether you believe in a pre-trib, post-trib, mid-trib, it don't matter. When everybody goes, you go. Glory to God for that. But Satan, he was appointed, but he didn't, he didn't stay in a very good place. But Moses was faithful. He was faithful. And how easy would it have been Moses to get off on a cause? How easy would it have been for Moses to become passionate about something. Um, I'm, I'm tired of the abuse of leaders. How many think that Moses could have uh, gotten off on that, that cause? Tired of the abuse. You've got you to respect the office. <laughs> but he didn't do that. He didn't try and, and defend those things. He stayed on, what is, what is it that you want to do? God, how is it you want to develop these people? And he kept focused on what God wanted to do with the children of Israel. You've got to stay focused on what God said to do and not get off in the areas and the ditches that the Satan is going to try and pull you off into. By Satan, I mean his kingdom. Uh, thank God he doesn't work on each and every one of us. But other parts of his kingdom will, will try and get you off and, and pull you off into this ditch, pull you off in this distraction. Don't get pulled off by the distractions. And there are many that are out there. There are many for Moses, but Moses stayed on the course. He stayed in that way. And none of us have a road as tough as Moses had it. None of us have people. Can you imagine two to four million people standing outside with stones ready to stone you? And you remember, remember what God said to him? Go out in the midst of the people. Stand in the midst of the people. In other words, stand right there where they can throw them at you. <laughs> and Moses did it. How many times they came after him? And then the plague would start. 
or the, the whatever it is that God would do, that began to start, and Moses would immediately start interceding for the people. He's, that's a man who sold out for the cause that the apostle of Jesus Christ was sold out for. And that's what we've got to make sure that we do. Don't get, don't get de- deterred by other things because there's a whole lot of other things that are going to try and take your attention and try and get your passions for. But don't do it. Stay on the causes of Christ. Now, it says here that, let's read this verse over again. He was faithful to him who appointed him as Moses also was faithful in all his house. Now, it's talking about Jesus Christ was faithful to God and it's saying that Moses was faithful. Now, let's take a look at this. If you are faithful, if you are counted as faithful, are you not measuring at something? Aren't you taking a person and saying, all right, if you're faithful, this is, this is what we determine faith. This is faithful. This is unfaithful. So we are taking you and putting you against the measurement. What is what, what is Moses measured against for faithfulness? Think about it in, in Moses' day. Who was around who was more faithful than Moses? What do you have to compare him to? What would you measure Moses against? Now go above that. Jesus is called Faithful. Now, who do you measure Jesus against? Because in order to be faithful, you know, this, well, this is faithful and this is not. We've got to have a measurement. Somehow you're going to be able to, to, to measure this. You know, if you go out and you go fishing and they have uh, rules about catching a certain type of fish, I don't fish. But if I did, I would know what I'm talking about. <laughs> But I don't fish. But if if you go fishing for trout or bass, I think they have minimums Mm -hmm. that you have to has to be so big, and if it's not so big, you got to throw it back because they want the little fish to be out there to become big fish. And if you take all the little fish out, that's not going to be good. So they just want you to take the big fish out. So they have minimums: six inches, eight inches, twelve inches, whatever it is. But if you um, if you go out there and you have a, a measurement and it's twelve inches long, and you say, well. I'm not finding it this big, so I'm going to take my 12-inch measurement and I'm going to break it. I'm going to cut it in half. And the uh, game guy comes on over, game warden, he comes on over, and he says, uh, that fish isn't big enough. Well, I have my, my stick right here, and he's bigger than this. And we say, well, that stick isn't right. See, I can change the, the measurement, but it doesn't mean that I'm faithful. What is he being measured up against? What do you measure Jesus to? What do you measure Moses to to determine that they're faithful? So he was faithful to him who appointed him. So the one who's judging is God. What is God holding them up to? Obviously, he's got a measurement. He's got something. He's saying, this is faithful. And he's holding Jesus up to it. He says, yep, you're faithful. He's got his measuring stick and he measures Moses. And Moses, he says, Moses is faithful. But what happens with us is we want to judge ourselves. Well, God, I've been faithful. You ever said that to God? God, I've been faithful. I can think of a few people in the Bible who did this. <laughs> God, I've been faithful. I've been zealous for the Lord. <laughs> 
Right? We want to come up there and we want to tell God, I've been faithful. I can't tell God I've been faithful because God's got the stick. He's the one who's doing the measuring. And I come to God and said, God, have I been faithful? Oh, isn't it good for God to say to us, well done, good and faithful servant. You know what he's doing? He's measuring you up against his measurement. And his measurement says you've been faithful. But sometimes we've been changing the measurement. And I've been taking my own measurement. And I've been determining, well, I think that faithfulness is this. And so I live up to that standard. I think that faithfulness to the things of God is forgiving three people a day. I think that faithfulness to the Word of God is only losing my temper twice a day. I think that faith, and we, we, we define it. Well, I didn't do so badly. I only, uh, I only cussed twice this week. I only yelled at people twice. I only stole one time. And we can come up with our own thing. I only did this. But you see, I'm changing the measurement. But God's the measurer. And he's got his stick. And he took that, whatever he's got to measure, and he measured Jesus against that. And he says, Jesus, you're faithful. And then he measured Moses. And he said, Moses, you're faithful. But we don't always want to look at God's measurement. I want to come up with my own. And that's how we get off into a different cause. Because what happens is the enemy feeds us this line. And he says, you have been faithful. Look at how you have been doing this. You've shown up and you've been there every single week to do this particular thing. How faithful you are. Well, if you show up with the wrong attitude, if you show up and you're, you're spouting off wrong things with your mouth, that's not necessarily faithful. You might be there, but that's not necessarily good. That's not, that's not something you can do. I think I told you the story before, but I was in a church once. We had a, a person in position, and somehow this person would position themselves at the back door at a table, always with some kind of a sign-up sheet, always with some kind of a thing of this nature. And people would have to come to the table and sign up and do stuff, and they would always be there. And people would look at that and say, oh, how faithful. And every single Sunday, this person is there helping people out with the sign-up sheets and so forth. And that wasn't it at all. It took us a little bit of time. You know, I came on in there, and she was sitting on there. And we eventually found out that the reason that she was so faithful in this is that as people came and they signed up, she would sell them on a cause. She would tell them about a certain thing going on and how she didn't like it. And she would begin to try and sway the church opinion to whatever it was that she had. That's not faithful. That's stirring up strife. So um, we had to take some actions against that. Because <laughs> most people look at that and they say, faithful. But you see, they're using their own yardsticks. They're not using God's. If God comes up and he measures you, how do you come out? But see, a lot of times we want to measure ourselves. But God came to, to Jesus and he determined that Jesus was faithful. He came to Moses and determined that Moses was faithful. I want God to be able to come to me and say, Steve, you're faithful. But see, it's, it's, it's his yardstick, it's not mine. I can't create it. I can go to God and say, God, I, 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 I want to be faithful. I want to be faithful. I heard a story, uh, Brother Keith Moore told this story, that uh, when he was uh, first starting out in the healing, healing ministry with uh, Brother Hagin, 
and they were down there in the healing school and, and things, and you know people were depending on him. He was he was supposed to teach. Brother Hagen was out. He was supposed to teach. He was supposed to minister to people, and his thought was people are coming from all over the place to come in here, and they expect Brother Hagen to be here, and they expect Brother Hagen to teach them, and they expect Brother Hagen to lay hands on them, and then they see me. And so he was in there. He was before God and praying and asking. He says, God, I need more anointing. I need, I need more anointing. And he said, as he was, uh, he was praying, he, anybody ever heard this story? Ever heard him tell this story? Oh, I'll tell you. He'll tell her a whole lot better than I'm telling it. But, uh, he was in there. Oh, God, I need more anointing. And he said, this came up in his spirit. He said, faithful. Faithful. Well, that's good, yeah. Uh, you know what? When I get back later on, I'm going to do a study on faithfulness. But he said, right now, I need anointing. <laughs> I need more anointing. I'm going out there in a little bit. I'm going to be praying over people and I, I need more anointing. And this came up and I'm faithful. And again, he responded, well, you know, that's, that's real good. Uh, but this is what I need. Now, I don't know if it was the same day. I think it, was a, I think it took a few days or weeks or whatever it was. And eventually he got the, the light turned on and, and God spoke just to him. He says, he says, you don't need more anointing. You need to be faithful with what you got. If you're not faithful with what you have, why should I give you more? And so he said, faithful. <laughs> faithful. That's what I need. I need faithful. We've got to hear from him. See, he's the one who comes up and he measures us and he says, you need a little bit, a little bit more over here. A little bit more over this way. Now, how many of you ever done, done anybody ever done tile work or ever seen tile work done? You know, tile work, you know, on the floor. You know, you got the, the, the tiles and uh, the real nice ones are the big square ones. You can just plop them down and put them in, but you don't have all those. You sometimes come up to a cabinet. You come up to a wall. And if it's just a straight cut, it's a piece of cake. But have you ever been having to do one of those ones where you come up and you got part of the cabinet coming out here and then part of the cabinet going over here? And I'll tell you what, it's a funny angle. And it's, it's tough. You know, you, you got to, cut a little bit here and you cut a little bit there and if you've done this you know you want okay, we try and draw it on out there and you cut it in and you lay it in oh it's off it's off it's not quite right because uh, you know we, we measured it over here we thought that was what we were measuring was right and we come over here and we put it in place oh it's not right because this is where it needs to fit it doesn't matter if I think it's right over here when I bring it over here it needs to fit well I keep getting these uh, things on Facebook every time I'm on there I get these little ads and I don't need it. And I know when I need it, I'm going to have a hard time finding this because I haven't bookmarked it yet. But they came up with this new tool. Oh, I'll tell you what, it's real nice. You take this tool and you push it on back to the funny angle and you, you can move everything all around and you can lay in that angle and it's got a back part to it. So you can take the back part all the way out to the edge of the piece of tile or whatever it is that you're cutting. And so you know when you lay this in, you put the back part to the back part and then just draw in the rest of it. And you cut it out and set it in and it just fits. It's like, oh, where was that when I was doing tile? That would have helped out a whole lot. Because you see, when we drop out that piece of tile in, we can tell immediately whether this works or not. Because what's there is measuring it. And it will tell you what you need. Well, I needed to... All right, I, you take this piece over here. It's not right now. Take it on over here and draw it out again. And I know I need a little bit more of an angle over here or a little bit less of an angle over here or whatever it might be that I need and I can make that adjustment. 
God is going to be telling you this. He's going to say, Steve, you need to make this adjustment over here. You got too much of this going on. You got not enough of this going on. You got to back off on this a little bit. You got to increase this more. I need more, more passion for this, less passion for that. This is the thing that I'm passionate about. You get passionate for this over here, that's on you. I'm passionate for this thing over here. And see, what he does is he fine-tunes me to be able to fit in to where I am and what I'm doing. He'll fine-tune you to fit into your job. He'll fine-tune you to fit into being a friend to some of your neighbors. He'll fine-tune you to become whatever it is that you need to become so that you can do what he wants you to do. But you've got to listen to him. So every time I've got to keep coming back to him, Father God, I want to be faithful. I want to do what's, what's right. What do I need to do? You need to do this over here because he's the measurer. He, I'm not the measurer. I could look at you and say, man, you are faithful. And God says, uh-uh. Uh-uh. We could be like Samuel who comes on in and sees the firstborn of Jesse's sons. Oh, he must be the king. Because according to his measurement, this is the one. And God says, nope, nope. I've measured him. He's come up short. That's not the one. See, you look on the outward appearance. I look at something else. Put this in your outline for you. Are we faithful to God or to our causes and values? Are we faithful to God or to our causes and values? Now, the causes of God will cause division. Because Jesus even said, I come and he'll cause division. Because the things of God will cause division. But the things of men will also cause division as well. But the division is different. The division is different. When Paul went into a city and he preached the gospel, people became divided. The ones on the wrong side became violent. Every single time, the ones on the wrong side became violent. And they did things they had no right to do. But that's what they, that's what they did. God's word will cause division. Doesn't always call peace, bring peace and unity. People will get upset about it. People will, will fight about it. But you guys just got to make sure, keep going back to God. God, is this your cause? Am I coming across for your thing? Or am I going against... Because the world right now is teaching us all kinds of things, all kinds of causes. That throws in all kinds of causes for us. And it is causing division. But is it God's? And if I'm an apostle of Jesus Christ, I've got to be sold out for His causes, not the world's, not mine. So I always got to bring myself back to that because I can sometimes get my passions riled up on certain things. And, well, is this what God wants to promote? Make sure that we... We promote the things for God, not the other things. How easy is it to let what is ours be to us like it's God's? How easy is it to let what is ours be to us like it's God's? Really easy for that to happen. Don't let it happen to you. Don't let what is yours be passed off as this is God. Always be make sure you take, take that back to Him. So what do we have to do to keep from doing this? I've got to keep going back to his measurement. God, I've got this cause that's coming up in, in, on the inside of me. Is this my spirit or is this my flesh that's grabbing hold of this? We're, uh, bring God's measurement in. Verse 3. For this one has been counted worthy of more glory than Moses, speaking of Jesus, inasmuch as he who built the house 
has more honor than the house. You don't come into a house beautifully made and say, oh, what a house, without saying, wow, the people who built this, the person who designed this, oh, our attention is drawn to that, isn't it? It isn't just drawn to the house. It's drawn to the, to, to the other things. My, I'm not as much into this. My wife likes to, to do this. My, my daughter probably likes to do this more than, than, than I do. Um, but sometimes on a, on a Sunday, they want to go off to uh, some of the open houses. We haven't done this in a while, I think more so when our kids were looking for, for a place. And so sometimes when you go into the new home construction and you, you go and you take a look at the model house, it's a bad move. It's a bad move to go into the model house. And these are model houses that are way outside our price range. And they are nice. And you look at that and say, oh, look what they did with this room. Oh, look at the space in here. Oh, look at the walk-in closet. Oh, look at the bathroom. Look what they did to the basement. Oh, oh, and look at the gardens outside. And we look at all these things and say, oh, wow. But whenever you do that, you're thinking, who are the people who put this together? Who's the person who designed this? I mean, this is just a different way to, to do that. What a great way of doing all this sort of stuff and, and, and getting that done. Or, you know, they, they like those, um, ever seen those uh, uh, home improvement shows? Yeah, I was never a fan of them. When my, my daughter and son-in-law, they, were over, they would watch them. And so I would watch some of them and I sort of got interested in them. But since they left, I haven't turned them back on again. <laughs> But they were, they were kind of fun. But they'd come into a disaster looking of a house. Uh, especially that uh, the one couple, uh, Chip and... Yeah, those two. They were funny. I enjoyed them. They, were, they had a fun time. And uh, they would just see things. They'd come into a house that was a disaster. And, and uh, just go in there and, and start doing stuff. And by the time they got done, it's like, wow. Oh. But when you saw that, you didn't glory about the house. You were thinking... How did they see this in this house? It's the, it's the builder of the house, not the house. The builder of the house. If people are looking at you instead of the house, we've done it wrong. Because the builder of the house is the one we should be getting the glory. And that's what he goes on here to say. And as much as he who built the house has more honor than the house, for every house is built by someone... <laughs> they don't just happen. But he who built all things is God. So basically all glory ought to go back to God. And Moses indeed was faithful in all his house as a servant for a testimony of those things which would be spoken afterward. Moses, as faithful as he was in all the things he did, Moses was a servant of God. But Christ as a son over his own house, whose house we are if we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope, from uh, firm to the end. But Christ as a son. Moses as a servant was faithful. Christ is faithful as a son. He's the son of God. He is God. And the glory can go to him. The glory doesn't go to Moses. The glory points to the one who built the house. He may have been one of the ones involved that God used, but God's the one who built the house. And he's the one for, the, for where the glory should go. But Christ is the son over his own house, whose house we are if we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm to the end. So he puts an, an if there. Whose house we are if. That means 
You may not be. He's writing to believers. But you may not be part of the house unless, first off, we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm to the end. I pulled this from Weist. This is how he puts it. The courageous, fearless confidence, or if we hold fast the courageous, fearless confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm to the end. Two things there. That courageous, fearless confidence. That courageous, fearless confidence comes because I know that the cause I'm standing on is His cause. That I have been measured by His measurement and have been determined faithful. And because of that, I can stand confident and fearless. But if I don't have that, if I have my own measurement that I've been measuring my faithfulness with, if I'm going after my own causes and not after His causes, then I don't have that same confidence. And I'm not part of His house. How easy it is for believers to get steered off of what we're supposed to be in because Satan has given us a false cause. And I've gotten all passionate about that to the point I've distanced other believers because of the cause. It's not God's cause. It's man's cause. It's my cause. It's somebody else's cause. Don't do that. If we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope, I like we translation on that part, and the rejoicing of the hope firm to the end, and the rejoicing of the hope. I'll tell you what. You get into God's house. You'll be part of building God's house. There's going to be a joy that comes in there. There ought to be a constant joy. You get, ca- you get caught up in the passions and the causes of people. The same joy won't be there. But you stay with the causes of God. You stay with building His house. You stay in His house. There's a joy that is there. That is some of the ways that you can tell. If you're getting more bitter and angry and mad at people, you may not be in the right house. Now, Jesus got mad at people and they were steering people astray. I'm not talking about that. But overall, folks, we ought to be rejoicing in the hope. So I put this here at the end for you. How faithful are you to the house that God built? Or are you faithful to something else? Has something else come in and something else substituted God's house? Has something else substituted God's cause? Have you become an apostle of a different gospel than the one that God has? What's your behavior like outside of that? Is it one of rejoicing? Is it one of courageous, fearless confidence? Have we come to a place in our life where the love of God is continuing to grow in us? Or are we stumbling? We're stumbling off on the, on the thing. If I find myself distancing between me and other people that are believers... Is it because of a cause? Is it because of a passion for something that's not something that the apostle of Jesus Christ is passionate about? I've got to share his passions. I've got to share his causes. I've got to go after him. And so in the second part of this, this chapter, he will go on to the, the other half of this, this equation. But here we have, this, this, is, this is the side we're supposed to be on. This is the place that we're supposed to be at. This is, we're part of this house. We're part of his cause. The apostle of Jesus Christ. And he has been measured by God. And, he, and God told us, he is faithful. He's faithful to the house. He's faithful to the cause. He's faithful to all that I consider to be important. Don't measure yourself. Be measured by God. Let's see how we come up.
Glory to God. Father, we thank you that you help us, that you speak to us, you encourage us, you'll bring that measurement over, not for the part of putting us down and saying you're not faithful, but for the part of saying, all right, chip off a little bit over here, add a little bit over here, so that we can be one that you'll mark as, nah, you're faithful. That, that's, that's faithful. We want to be counted as faithful by your measurement, not our own. Help us, Father, to hear your voice, to identify when we've got distracted by a wrong cause, our passions have got flared up by our wrong thing. We're here in this earth for your cause, for your passions, for your gospel. I thank you for the help that you give us in that. Father, we thank you that as Phyllis has been standing, healing on her eye, in the name of Jesus, we stand with her. And we just know that that faith is met and that I will not continue to have this problem. In Jesus' name, thank you for it. Amen.